It's like, you know, some people don't like butterflies because they don't know where they're going to go, you know? It's just like... What? <laughs> Is that a joke or are you serious? Like, I feel like... What I, are you saying no. right now? <laughs> you know what I mean, guys? When, when the butterfly flies, well, that's scary. Welcome to the Rom-Com Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And like you, I love rewatching movies over and over again. You made it here. You found us. You love romantic comedies, which is awesome because we do as well. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide, does it still hold up? Today we have Love, love Simon. Simon. And before we get into this episode, as always, if you ever want to reach out and talk about anything on the pod... Um, we respond to 100% of our DMs on Instagram at Romcom Rewind, of which Sarah typically responds to everything. With that said, a message from Laura <laughs> summoned me to our DMs this past week because this is something that Sarah and I have argued a million times about. I thought it was charming. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna read Laura's message not. verbatim, full transparency. It's a little harsh on our girl Sarah here. <laughs> Laura says, hello, I've listened to all your episodes and every time I mean to message you about your cheese rating, I can't hold it back any longer. I hate to say it, but Sarah, <laughs> you are wrong. I did not pay Laura to say this. This is coming from this is not a paid sponsorship. A genuine piece of her heart. She says, you rate the amount of cheese, which then throws off your overall rating. You should be rating whether you liked the cheese or lack thereof. If you don't like cheese and give a movie a low score because there isn't a lot of cheese in there, you are doing the exact opposite of what you should be doing. If it has a lot of cheese that you don't like, rate it a one. If it's not super cheesy and you like the movie because of that, rate it a five. I hate to tell you, but you're rating for every episode has been thrown <laughs> off by this. Devin is right on this one. I love the movie Something's Gotta Give. And that ha was the last straw that broke the camel's back for me when I heard your score. If you had rated cheese properly, your overall <laughs> score would have been higher. Okay, I feel better now. I said my piece. Good night. I still don't get it. <laughs> How do you not get it? <laughs> oh, Sarah. Oh, no. God, okay, okay. I'm going to have to reflect. Okay. I, you know what? I've got a great example here. Okay. Of how we can talk about how the cheese... Because I always said it's not the quantity of cheese. It's not whether or not cheese exists. Right. It was, was that cheese good or not? So, I'm going to throw you a scenario. Three different movies with okay. Ferris wheel moments. Ferris wheel moments. All I'm right. going to tease ahead because Love, Simon, the movie we're doing today, mm -hmm. has a Ferris wheel moment. It does. A little bit cheesy to do a Ferris wheel like, oh, we're going to wait at the Ferris wheel and see if so-and-so <laughs> comes along. A little cheesy. Yeah. But like it was well done. It was well established. Never been kissed. Ferris wheel scene where Drew Barrymore is flirting with her teacher and he has says something about like, ooh, I can't date a student or whatever. Oh, yeah, that's gross. You just cringed right there, right? Yeah. Cheesy Ferris wheel scene doesn't come off as nicely, right? right? And then throw in the notebook with a Ferris wheel scene where Ryan Gosling is hanging off the Ferris wheel until Rachel McAdams goes out on a date with him. You're nodding your head again, right? right? Yeah. Back to good cheese. So that's three different scenes with Ferris wheels in them, varying levels of, of whether we liked the cheese in those scenes, right? Okay. I will 
do better. We're not talking about whether or not cheese exists. We're talking right. about the cheese, the cheese that does exist. The cheese will always be there. Exactly. It's just whether it's good cheese or bad cheese. Bingo. Okay. Well, I will do better. I will do a better job. Many of you have mentioned and and actually messaged us about our cheese ratings saying that um, you're not sure... <laughs> how we go about even doing it um <laughs> i apologize clearly it's me <laughs> i'm the problem it's me it's, hi yeah, the, I'm, I'm the problem, problem. It's, it's me, me. Yeah. <laughs> thank you for the message laura mostly yeah, for being you. on my side mostly people in the dms are against me so i, I appreciate laura for that um if you want to reach out at romcom rewind on instagram yes I was just going to tell Laura, thank you for listening to all of our episodes. As oh, well. yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, Love, Simon is a 2018 romantic comedy drama directed by Greg Berlanti and based on the novel Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda by Becky Albertalli. Love, Simon is the story of Simon Spear, played by Nick Robinson. He is a high schooler living in a suburb in Atlanta, Georgia. Simon is gay, but he's not out yet. And Love, Simon takes us on the journey of... Simon, as he's challenged with, you know, being true to himself and who he is while dealing with a society that doesn't necessarily accept the type of person he is. Simon's parents are Jack and Emily Spear, played by Josh Duhamel, Duhamel and Jennifer <laughs> Garner. Uh, we also have uh, his cast of friends, Leah, Abby, uh, sorry, Leah, Abby and Nick, played by Catherine Langford, Alexandra Ship, and Jorge uh, Lindeborg Jr. What are your thoughts on... Love, Simon. Sometimes I feel like I'm always on the outside. There's this invisible line that I have to cross to really be a part of everything, and I just I can't ever cross it. Me too. My name's Simon. I'm just like you, except I have one huge-ass secret. Hey! I like your, your boots! I said I like your, your boots! Goodbye! Nobody knows I'm gay. This is the first time I've seen this movie. Same. So many of you guys have messaged us saying we have to do Love, Simon. We have to do Love, Simon. We have to do Love, Simon. I am so glad we did. I loved this movie. There were several weep warnings for Sarah throughout this movie. Several. I've only got the one. I have two. Oh, wow. Two, yeah. Um, It was just such a great movie to watch. I was interested in the movie the entire time. Like I was enjoying myself watching it the entire time. Um, it had its ups, it had its downs. It just, it was pure entertainment. Um, and I enjoyed it all the way through. The writing was really good. Um, the directing was great. Thank you, Greg. And thank you for all of your other superhero movies that or sorry, TV shows. Oh, that you I've do. got a thing about that. We'll get to that. Okay. His, his, um, <sighs> yes. And, um, no, it was really good. It was nice. I really liked it. Yeah, I thought, what a great story, first of all. Um, You definitely understand the cultural significance of this film and why, outside of just being a very well-done story, like there is an importance to this film and the topics that it handles. Mm -hmm. Not only that, the way it tackles those topics. Because because it's very easy to do this poorly and to not represent uh, the community you're talking about in the right way. Yeah. And that we've seen films do it the wrong way in the past. From start to finish, it's just really enjoyable. Even when you can guess, like, kind of the next step, like, oh, I, I know what's going to happen here, you know. They kind of do, like, fall into some of the classic, like, it's a high school rom-com in its essence, so you know some of the beats that are going to happen. They still do a really uh, compelling 
way of telling the story and you really feel for all the characters except for one. Um, and, and, and you feel like this is a real story, right? Like I'm that you're telling a story that I believe that that happens, you know? Yeah. Is this like a late 2010s? Cause it's 2018 movie. Yeah. Um, revival of the teen high school rom-com. Like this was done really well. There's, there has been, you know what? And I have to say like the Duff was also done really well, but, but this specific teen high school rom-com was done really well. Totally. There's not a lot of movies as of late, even that can really rival the 10 things I hate about you. The, um, the other high school rom-coms that were kind of in the late nineties, early two thousands. Um, and, and I think this one kind of hits all the, bo- uh, the, the check boxes, checks, checks all the boxes. <laughs> totally. I, I agree. Yeah. This one, this one nails it. If, if we're talking about recent high school rom-coms, maybe to all the boys. I was just about to say, I would have to say to well all done. the boys really yeah. well done. The kissing booth, you know, I think there's people who love it. There's people who don't, um, fair enough. But I, I do think to all the boys, um, hit, hits those boxes as well. Let's dive in. So the movie starts with an overview of Simon's life. To Mom, what song, Sarah? Oh gosh. You know what? It was good. It was really good. It is a song used in pop culture. Often it's the Oogum Boogum song. The Oogum Boogum song. Do you remember? Oogum Boogum. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I do. Yeah. I do. I feel like I never knew the name of the song, <laughs> and then I looked it up because I was curious, and I'm like, oh, it's literally called Oogum Boogum. <laughs> the first two words. I, of I don't the song. know if I'm happy about that or sad. It's just very. I'm kind of happy it's called that. Of course, it's called Oogum Boogum. <laughs> um, sorry, keep going. So, you know, he has a pretty great life. Mom, dad, sister, great friends, great life. One big secret that he is gay, but has yet to come out. He hits on the guy who does the lawn across the street. Very awkwardly. Totally. Simon. And pretty obviously, oh. I think. Anyway, nice boots. Yeah, just has no idea how to talk to this person, which makes Simon so endearing, I feel. Oh, he is so endearing. He's He is just such... You, you automatically like him. And, I mean... An introduction to a character. I think it was a pretty cool way to introduce, like, you know, his life. I liked how, you know, his sister, we kind of see that, you know, she's an aspiring chef and, the you know, the mom's a therapist and the dad is just like such an emotional wreck half the time. And I love it. Well, yeah, I like that they teed it up that like, you know, my dad was like a high school football star, but like he's not like your classic, like he's... Married the valedictorian and they didn't peak in high school. Yeah, I love the way I, they represent, like, or sorry, they they explained that story. Kind of just like a solid family. Yeah. So he gets to school. Before that, he picks up all of his friends and they, they run on coffee or caffeine. And um, we don't really stay at school long. We get back home and it's TV night. So the whole family sits down, gets takeout and watches TV. Uh, they're deciding what they're going to watch. And the dad says, oh, like, we're not going to watch The Bachelor because the guy on The Bachelor, he's so fruity. He's got to be gay. And like, yeah. and that kind of makes Simon feel uncomfortable in that he knows, though, which I, I appreciate. He knows that his family would absolutely support him in this but he's just not ready to come out yet so after tv night his dad shows simon a video that he's putting together um to give his wife uh so simon's mom for their 20th wedding anniversary and um simon stops and says like this looks like a fourth grader did it (laughs) and the gift had to be homemade so simon does throughout the movie kind of help him uh with this project so that's just kind of like a side piece because you do see you do see it near the end of the movie which it's really cute 
And it's adorable. It is adorable. It's Classic, really well done. Um, what are what are his parents like? Gen Xers? Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, like I've worked with a few people who like like they'll do videos or something, and there'll be like a really bad effect <laughs> Transitions. on it, and they'll be like, "Yo, check it out!" And I'm like, "This <laughs> this looks like local news." From the 2000s, or like like from 2005, like this does not uh, look good. I would say even our local news right now on TV <laughs> <laughs> um, sometimes has that effect because sometimes I'll watch our local news and I'm like, oh my God, they're pores. Like you can, they're cameras. Oh, You'd man. think by now we're in 2023, the cameras would be better. I think my iPhone camera is better than their studio cameras. I know my (laughs) iPhone camera is better than their in-studio cameras, okay? I know that. (laughs) Be better. (laughs) Spend some cash money on better cameras. Seriously. (laughs) So I don't see their pores. Okay. (laughs) So there's this blog at their school called Creek Secrets, and the newest post is about someone who is gay but hasn't come out yet, and it's signed by someone named blue immediately simon decides that he's going to make a gmail account and send this person an email and he signs this email jacques the next morning he still has no replies he's like very antsy because in that email to blue he does say i also have a secret i'm just like you i am gay but i don't i haven't come out yet mm-hmm. um so kind of trying to connect with this this person blue um but he hasn't had any replies yet so he's kind of freaking out at lunch we meet a few more people like bram we also find out um a press we find a press on nail in in salad in abby's salad that's disgusting i just had to say that's gross cafeteria feed disgusting food food at at the school we also meet uh ethan who i think we're led to believe is the only other oh, yes. character at school who is out. Right. Ethan is openly mm-hmm. gay. Yeah. And um and there is a scene that I thought was really, really funny where like we kind of get a quick introduction to Ethan. Somebody mentions, you know, somebody's doing a commentary of like, oh, like Ethan's out. And Ethan says that they want to go uh, for Halloween as a slutty Charmander is what Ethan says, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. So so we actually asked you, RCR fam, we tossed it up on our Instagram, like just best and worst Halloween costumes because we do have a Halloween scene yeah. in the movie coming up. But we asked you, uh, one of you said, uh, I once got uh, one of these costumes that blow up like the alien carrying you costume. Oh God, those are like... Uh- ironically hilarious i love seeing them at parties i think they're so funny i never knew how they worked and now thanks to this person i do know there's a fan inside them but for Uh, this poor first person uh the fan was broken (laughs) so it just like luckily they were able to fix it before halloween but uh not a good look when you're like supposed to be getting carried by a an alien. alien and it's just not working out yeah. and then we also got a message about um uh, ghost face from scream how this oh, person yep. uh, went to dance as ghost face which is always creepy and they said that they did see some of their classmates and then they like purposely like slowly started creeping them out by like tilting their head and walking towards them and this is why i don't like mascots Oh, this is why you don't like mascots. One of oh, the reason because amazing, yeah. Because tell us, you don't one, you don't know who's under there, and it's just kind of creepy. They're so creepy, you don't know who's under there. It's like you know, some people don't like butterflies because they don't know where they're gonna go. You know, it's just like what <laughs> is that a joke or are you serious? I feel like 
I, what are you saying you know, right now? <laughs> you know what I mean, guys? When, when the butterfly flies, well, that's scary. It's like bugs. You don't know where they're going to go. Hold on. Are you the person who doesn't no. like butterflies? Because you no, don't know no, no. I just go. feel like I heard that once. And okay. okay, yeah, but back to the mascot thing. You know, they just like, they want to hug you. What are you doing right now? No? Okay. I, I'm so fascinated by your fear of one mascots and two that you're like, you know, the butterfly thing, right? <laughs> Everybody's got it. Okay. Well, not everyone has it, but like even bugs, right? Like some people don't like dragonflies. I mean, I don't know why you don't like driving dragonflies, but maybe it's like the whole, like, you don't know where they're going to go. They like dart so fast around. So I wanted to do, um, <laughs> worst sluttiest Halloween costumes. You just totally disregard it. Yeah. I'm okay. <laughs> Uh, can I interest you, Sarah, in a, uh, mean one, sexy movie character costume is what it's called. I'm going to show you my screen here. What is that? That's, that's the Grinch. That's a sexy Grinch costume. No, it's not actually. It's just green furry fuzz as a costume and it's really short and it's, um, it's showing a lot of leg and it's showing lots of skin. How about, um, how about... A men's infinity space voyager costume. No, it's Buzz Lightyear costume that has shorty short shorts, like booty shorts, and then it has um a crop top of uh Buzz Lightyear's kind of like outfit. Interesting. Um on sale right now. For sixty-three dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Yandy. There's also a uh, a snake in my boot costume. I, Same site. Can only imagine what that looks like. Oh, it's a, it's a female sexy Woody. And what's it called? Uh, the the snake, snake in my boot. wood. Snake oh, in my boot. Same shit. What? Can I interest you in a Fab in the Lab sexy cartoon character costume? This is gonna this is gonna ruin your childhood. It's a uh, Dexter's. Oh my laboratory. god! I was just gonna say, is this Dexter's laboratory? It's, yeah. Um, ruined. Female costume. It's um. It's kind of like a. A unitard? Is that what they call it? It's a, it's a one piece. It's a one piece? I have no <laughs> unitard, idea. Unitard, I love it. Clothing. Um, yeah, it's a lot. She's got uh, purple gloves on with a uh, orange wig, some round glasses, and then, yeah, like the onesie is um, a like a, a lab coat and then high black boots. I don't know how I feel about this one. It's, it's like, like up. It's a sexy cookie seller costume. Yep. It's a sexy Girl Scout. It is. Which does not feel good. It's awkward. <laughs> how about um, a, <laughs> how about a sexy minion? Oh my god, I actually think this would be hilarious. Oh yeah, right? <laughs> I feel like a sexy minion could be funny. You know what though? Like I have to say, I mean, I think a lot of us have been there. I was a sexy sailor. I yeah, but I at least did a sexy sailor like <laughs> you can kind of see it. Sexy pirate, ooh, a sexy yeah, witch, yeah. sure. Um, sexy Dexter's laboratory, Sarah. No, that's awkward. Don't try yeah. to normalize. <laughs> it's too sexy weird. Sexy Dexter's no, laboratory. Okay? It's too far. That's too far. There's even a sexy banana bread costume. How do you sexualize banana bread? So it's it's a tight brown dress <laughs> with bananas on the front. 
that's all it is. That's terrible. That's all you know it what is. though? It's like when um when a group of girls will go as um like spices and be the spice girls, but they're all really tight dresses of spices, At least right? That has some creativity <laughs> and it's interesting. And it's, and it's actually named costume. appropriately. Yes. Yeah, fair enough. Sexy banana bread is like yeah, I'm no, just that's put an, bananas that's on my awful, chest. Awful, awful. Okay. And it's like saying you're like a sexy piece of bacon, right? Just wearing like a tight red <laughs> browny thing. I'm sure dress. somebody's done it. I'm absolutely sure I'm that sure somebody's, somebody's done it. Done it. <laughs> at uh, play practice so Simon is in a play and they're doing cabaret it's an absolute disaster but after practice he goes to pick up his phone earlier on in the day the vice principal took away his phone and he was like he's been itching to see if anybody has uh, emailed him he did get an email from blue um, it basically asks if he's told anyone and if it's the same secret that he has at school, Simon is finishing an email to Blue, but gets distracted by the vice principal and he forgets to send it. He ends up getting up and leaving for class. And Martin, we meet this character, Martin. He is um, an interesting character throughout the rest of this movie. And he goes over and uses the same computer that Simon was, was just on. He finds that email that wasn't finished and he starts reading it. At lunch, Simon pulls out Oreos and Bram comes over to the table and says, oh, Halloween ones are the best. I mean, pretty clear we think that it's Bram at this point. Then um, he Bram tells the group that his aunt, um, you know, got everything stolen from her from this guy. So she's going out of town, but he's throwing a Halloween party. That later on that day at play practice, Martin follows Simon out of the stage area and tells him that he used the computer right after him and he pulled up his, his account and actually read all of his emails. Not only that, Martin screenshotted all of his emails and he's blackmailing Simon to be able to go out with Simon's friend, Abby. Martin is continually and consistently the worst, most despicable. I, I, I would put him up there in like... Are you one of the worst rom-com characters of all time? Yeah, I would agree with you on that. Like Rose's fiance in Titanic. Martin's pretty close to being as shitty as him. Like he gets on the lifeboats with the women and children. No, no, no. I think Martin is in that same category of how horrible somebody can be. Uh, Keep going. So it is Bram's Halloween party and Simon shows up uh, with his best friend, Leah as John Lennon and Yoko Ono, which I think is hilarious. Um, and Leah's kind of acting weird. Leah asks um, if Martin. OK, so Martin shows up as a Freudian slip, which I actually think is hilarious. I wish it wasn't Martin, but it is Martin who wears it. I do think that whole thing is pretty funny, though. Um Leah asks if Martin coming is make a wish wish situation, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> that I, was a funny joke. It's awful, but I did burst out laughing at that. It's awful, but funny. So Martin is chasing after Simon's friend, Abby, but Simon's friend, Nick, is also chasing after Abby to get Nick out of the picture. Simon lies to him and makes up this guy, Jonathan, in college so that Nick doesn't go ask Abby out so that Martin can have a chance because Martin is, in fact, still blackmailing Simon. Back when I said, like, there are some high school rom-com beats that this film goes through and you're like, okay, I know how this is going to this was one of them that I'm like, okay. Yeah. We know what's going to happen here, but keep going. Definitely. So at the party, they play Beirut, which I think is just beer pong. Is it what we would call beer pong. Yeah. I Is that actually like, I I really want to know. Do you In guys Atlanta, call Georgia, that? Georgia, maybe it's a different. Yeah. Do you guys call mm. that Beirut? Anyway, I was very interested in that. Um, Bram and Simon are one team and Abby and Martin play against them. Then there's karaoke. It's a thing. Simon's totally drunk. He's going to tell Bram that he thinks that 
you know, he's blue and that he's shocked. But then he finds him making out with a girl in a room. And so he no longer thinks that it's Bram. Simon gets home and his parents are literally the best. He gets home and he's drunk, but like his parents are just like totally fine with it. Leah sleeps over and she asks if he ever feels weird that he doesn't, you know, that he doesn't fit in. Do we think Leah likes Simon at this point? Absolutely. It was so obvious. And then, I mean, yeah, it totally was. But Simon thinks that she's in love with like Nick. And so Simon makes a good point in his email to Blue saying, I've been thinking about why I haven't come out yet. Maybe it's because it doesn't seem fair that only gay people have to come out. Why is straight the default? And this was my best scene, actually. Okay, because I, you're going to talk about how he signs the the email as well. I can okay. at the end. Yeah. Um, but I appreciated this this scene so much and how it was done and also what it accomplishes because it it accomplishes something that's difficult to nail, which is like we're talking about from the standpoint of you know an underrepresented group, and we're talking about subject matter that. Let's call a spade a spade and be straight up with each other. Like, I'm never going to understand yep. what it's like to come out. Mm-hmm. Full stop. I can't relate to that scenario. Yeah. But we have this scene depicting, like, the same scenario that those who come out have to go through. Like, you flip it on its head and say, like, what if? And then you play it out in a really funny, mm-hmm. comical way. Like, all of these characters yeah. in this film having to explain to their parents, like, no, like, I, I'm straight. And mm-hmm. they're like, what? Like, I'm straight. I'm sorry, Mom. It's true. I like girls. <coughs> I like men. You get that from your dad, is that? I'm in love with Nick. Mm-hmm. I feel it's like true. I've been raising a stranger. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. Heterosexual. Oh, God. Help me, Jesus, please. And I think it it also goes to show that like how our society has focused in on normal versus not when it's not like it's Mm -hmm. not that or shouldn't be that it it shouldn't be a normal is straight because normal is whatever you want it to be. And it's whatever everyone is like, you know, the whole love is love, right? Like it's it's the way our society has, I guess, focused in on or been um you know, developed over years. And I, and I liked, like you said, how this movie kind of portrays it and flips it in flip flips it on its head. And I liked that the way that it kind of um, made you really think differently. And I think that's really cool. And as you alluded to the end of the email, like, I mean, Simon's been drinking. He's a little bit drunk. Drinking. He signs the email. Love Jacques. Dun, dun, dun. Yes. Love. Is blue gonna, does that imply that, Simon has a crush on blue. I think it does. I think it would. I think it would. Continue on. Okay, so we meet at the Waffle House. um, And Abby, Simon, and Martin are there running lines for the play Cabaret. This is Simon just trying to get Abby and Martin together because, once again, Martin's still blackmailing him. So he's got to figure out ways to put them in the same room together. Right. So we meet Lyle, and I think Simon thinks that he's blue. And it is confirmed later on that Simon does, in fact, think that blue is Lyle. Um, Martin gets Abby to stand up on the table and belt out that she deserves a superhero. Her dad's let her down in her life. And um, I thought this I thought this scene was was cute. It, It kind of. Um, at this point, you don't absolutely hate Martin quite as much as you will later on in the movie. Mm, okay. Yeah, you will. You'll hate him more. Um, <laughs> but I thought that the, I, I liked this scene with Abby and kind of her taking control of that. Um, 
Then Simon runs out of the diner to go and talk to Lyle, and then he gets an email, and he knows for sure. He's like, this Blue is Lyle. He's going to come out at his dad's Hanukkah celebrations. Blue has told him in the email that that he's going to um, his dad's celebrations a little bit early from for Hanukkah, and he's going to come out uh, at this point. Abby also now doesn't hate Martin after this kind of um, hangout. Can we talk a little bit about the emails back and forth between Jacques and Blue? Sure. At one point, um, they both talk about their sexual awakenings. I say Jacques and Blue, but it's Simon and right. Blue, who we still don't know yet. Right. They talk about their sexual awakenings being um, Jon Snow, Kit Harrington <laughs> yes. from Game of Thrones. Yeah. And Simon is like, yeah, mine was Daniel Radcliffe, like from Harry Potter. Right. Like Harry Potter himself. Mm-hmm. And that's how he kind of like him, him finding Daniel Radcliffe attractive was... The beginning of him realizing that he's gay. <laughs> yeah. Sarah, I want to rank with you mm-hmm. most attractive fantasy characters of all time. And in fact, we can play a game here just to okay. spice it up a little bit. Okay. How about like a, like, would you or nah? Would you like, or not? Like, okay. would Sarah? All right. W- would I or not? Would you? Would you? Would I or not? Number one on the list. Henry Cavill, uh, Geralt of Rivia, would you? Yes. Yeah, pff, that was okay. Yeah. Superman. Yeah. Okay. That's, yep. That's two. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, Chris Hemsworth, Thor. Yes. Yes. Chris Hemsworth, Snow White and the Huntsman. Uh, yeah. Pro, more so. Wow. Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, Jason Momoa, Cal Drogo, Game of Thrones. Ooh. Ooh. I don't know. Nah, just because the way I don't know, it was this like the those scenes were uh, no. Yeah. Okay. No. How about uh, Jason Momoa Aquaman? Yes. Yes. Okay. There we go. <laughs> Jason Momoa. Yes. <laughs> Tom Hiddleston Loki. No. Wow. Uh, you know what though, Tom Hiddleston as Everybody like a human. Yeah, but like not as Loki, but as like Tom Hiddleston. Yes, I would. How about, so much? Um, Aiden Turner. In the Hobbit trilogy, look up, look up Killy in the Hobbit. How do you spell Killy? K-I-L-I. People were like, this was viral when the Hobbit movies came out. People were just lusting for Aiden. Yeah, I would. Yeah, you would. Okay. Don't forget, he's, he's small. He's like a dwarf, right? I mean, the character. is. That's fine. Okay. All right. Robert Pattinson in Twilight. Oh, Whoa. I don't know. Edward Cullen, Sarah. I mean, yes, probably. <laughs> yes, probably. <laughs> yeah. Is all Robert Pattinson's going to get. Well, you know what? Like the books. Were you a Jacob guy or a. I did really like Jacob and then he imprinted on <laughs> Esme and it was weird. So like, I don't know. So not. Wow. So like, I mean, I was, I was definitely, I don't know. I can't remember if I was team Edward or team Jacob. I think I was team Jacob for a while, but then I think I ended up being team Edward. So there you go. Yes. 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 Uh, Orlando Bloom as Legolas. Hell yes. I couldn't even spit it out. Wow. Yeah. Orlando Bloom. In what? In what? I'm assuming Pirates of the Caribbean. No. Legolas. I said Legolas. Oh yes. That, that. I mean, Pirates of the Caribbean as well. Which one more so though? Pirates. Really? Yeah. I remember every, so uh, our high school like went to the movies like we our class went to the movies to see like oh that's cool i think the, the two towers like the second one sweet and every time legolas is on screen the girls just oh my god like they were freaking out i mean yes to legolas but he would literally do nothing and they'd freak out i had pirates of the caribbean 
Caribbean, whatever. Um, Orlando Bloom poster on my wall. So, yeah. Let's try to squeeze through the rest of these. Richard Madden, Rob Stark in Game of yeah. Thrones. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, Ian Somerhalder, Vampire Diaries. Oh, my God. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know what I'm noticing? Like these are like 95% yeses. Are we going to have any no's? <laughs> I did give you a no. Are we well, yeah, uh, like a uh, Oh right, Cal Drogo was a no. Yeah, and, and like Loki. Was on the edge. Yeah, Edward Cullen was kind of on the right, edge. Right, Loki was a no. Mm-hmm. How about Jamie Dornan as Christian Grey in 50 Shades? No. It's not okay. Wow, yo. Okay. I mean, he's hot, but yeah no i think you're gonna get some hate for that sarah well i've never seen the movies and i've never read the books okay so i can't speak about it how about uh alexander ludwig he was uh or is it ludwig he's cato in uh the hunger games no and he's bjorn ironside in vikings no okay no no uh nikolai coster waldo jamie lannister game of thrones (laughs) no i you know what he is hot but no. He has sex with his sister. Yeah, That's no, kind of weird, right? Can't. Uh, <laughs> it, it, yes, that is weird. Uh, Chris Pine as Captain James T. Kirk in Star Trek. Yeah. Okay. Wow. And that's what we have. So that's um, <laughs> like 16 yeses, yep. a maybe for Edward Cullen, and like two no's. Um, so how about those hall passes? I'm just wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Actually, Sarah, great point. You only get a hall pass for one. So pick. Oh, my God. Yeah, pick. I only get a hall pass for one. Henry Cavill, I think. Wow. Yeah, I think I, so. I for sure thought you were going for Ian Somerhalder. Everybody oh, loves him. Oh, no. Sorry, I forgot about him. Ian Somerhalder. On the car ride home that uh, that night, though, after the Waffle House, Simon does tell Abby that he's gay, and then he asks her not to tell anyone, which she's totally fine with. This was actually my first week warning. Oh, really? When he told Abby, because I, I actually thought that it was such a beautiful moment between the two of them. Um, because she is absolutely like she doesn't care. And I thought that was so nice. And um, and then she says, you know, like, that's great. I love you. And I just like I just thought that was really, really beautiful. And then he's like, I love you, too. And it was just a really cute moment. So that was my first week morning, guys. Simon emails Blue, letting him know that he did come out to his friend, Abby. Well, he doesn't say her name, but that he came out to a friend and he gets a text saying that he told his dad or sorry, an email saying that he did tell his dad, but um, he doesn't want to meet or tell each other who they are quite yet. So a little while later, Nick wants to tell Abby that he likes her, but Simon tries to divert him to Leah and tells him that Leah actually likes him. Leah goes to talk to Simon about Nick asking her out on a date and Simon kind of presses Leah to go. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You guys need to go out on a date. Go to dinner with him. So again, this is solely because Martin's Martin blackmailing is blackmailing him. him. And we also, once again, know how this will end. Not well for Simon. Yeah, so at homecoming, so there's a homecoming football game, and Abby tries to show Simon what what to say when a guy is hot. So they're walking on the field, they're going to get coffee, and she says, okay, like, you know, do you find that guy hot? And he's like, yeah, yeah, like, I don't know, I've never really done this before, I've never been able to talk openly with mm-hmm. someone about this. And so she kind of, like, teaches him how to be like, yeah, like, that guy looks super hot in his pants. Like, you know, it's just, it was a really cute moment again with Abby, and I thought that was really, really sweet. Um, we then see Lyle and it turns out that Lyle isn't into Simon 
He's into Abby and that he's straight. So blue is not, Lyle is not blue. Correct. Okay. I also have to talk about the disses, the fire disses that Ethan, Ethan throws those guys all the time. So throughout the movie, there's these two guys who make fun of Ethan, who try to bully Ethan because he's out gay and, um, I have to say the lines that they gave Ethan in this movie or Ethan's character is hilarious. Oh, Ethan roasts them. It's great. The little micro penis with the with the carrots and let's get some hummus for that. I was <laughs> dying laughing. I thought that was so, so funny. So at the homecoming game, Martin decides to take this opportunity to do a massive, massive profession of love to Abby. He cuts off the national anthem. He does cut off the national anthem during the game and does this long speech to Abby saying how he loves her and he gets denied in a very nice, polite way. Thank you, Abby. And now romantic comedies have, you know, grand romantic gestures. This was one of ours. And this is probably one of the worst grand romantic gestures in rom-com history. It was very satisfying because Martin's... (laughs) piece of shit yeah and we hate him Mm -hmm. but i have for you real stories from real people and their horrible grand romantic gestures like how they've gone wrong oh no are there any flash mobs in there i don't think so nobody shows up for them you know that'd be awkward this person says as a teen i snuck up to my girlfriend's window in the middle of the night unannounced hoping to surprise her she thought i was some kind of predator or rapist so she sent her dad outside to check it out and he ran me down (laughs) the whole goddamn streets that's calvin from grand rapids michigan poor calvin (laughs) this next story is kind of long but uh it's great he um We had only been together a couple months and things were kind of rocky, this person says, of their significant other. He had been away for the weekend and I was supposed to pick him up from his return flight. I had the brilliant idea to surprise him at the airport wearing five-inch heels and this terrible long overcoat with with nothing nothing underneath. Yep. I thought that would blow him away and reset things to get us back to a good place. I also used a car paint... I uh, also used car paint to de- decorate my car windows saying, welcome home, bozo, and welcome back, idiot. Pet names. Wow, you call a pet name bozo an idiot. idiot. Yeah. All right. The whole drive to the airport, I had a massive panic attack because I'd convinced myself I was going to get pulled over for something stupid and then get arrested for prostitution. I made it to the <laughs> airport. <laughs> Naturally. I made it to the airport and I started to cry because I was so uncomfortable physically and emotionally. So my makeup was running. Oh on top God. of that, one button on my coat kept popping open. I realized there was no way I could be seen in public in my getup. So I called him to say I wasn't coming in to greet him and we'd have to meet out front. He got out to the car and kind of liked the decorations, but was also sort of annoyed and super tired and he was low-key kind of buzzed from drinking on the flight he saw what i was wearing and instead of being pumped he saw this crying girl in a terrible trash outfit i started yelling at him for drinking on the plane and not appreciating all that she had done for him we fought the whole ride to his house where we ultimately broke up in his driveway oh my god it gets worse oh wow how This person says they were so mad and sad, but mostly embarrassed. They went to uh, their mom's house and slept until early morning when they had to go and do event photography for this new job, this new company, having not taken the paint off the windows. So (gasps) she rolls up to this event (laughs) for this company and it says, welcome back, idiot, on the side of her car. 
Oh my great god. Great job. Imagine. Great grand romantic yeah, No gesture. rehire there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um this person says I met a guy at a party and we hit it off. We hung out for weeks, made it out, made out, did some mouth stuff and hand stuff, but never went all the way because he didn't have any condoms and wouldn't uh, do me without one. Um, I thought it would be a hot gesture to take matters into my own hands. So one night after work, I bought a giant box of condoms, drove to his house and left them in the mail drop uh, uh, of his front door with a note that read, let's get it on. (laughs) So after leaving the package, this person goes down the street to a bar to meet some friends for a drink. The guy she is dating just so happened to be there at the bar with another girl, with a different girl. Oh. And they left that night together to go back to his oh place. Oh, my God. So she literally gave them the yes, means to, to hook sense. up. Yep. She never heard from him again. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's, yeah. Um, this person says, gave 11 years to someone and ended up tattooing uh, her name on my face to show my devotion. <gasps> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. She left no. less than a year after I got that done. No kidding. Which I feel like is more on him than on her. I mean, that's just really, really bad decision making. Uh, uh, imagine I got your name, Sarah, no. tattooed like no. under my eye. No. Yeah, exactly. Like We're that's... married and I would not allow you to do that. Good. Yeah. That's. That's no, no, that's really bad decision making. Almost as bad as uh, Martin professing his love to Abby. Correct. And her turning him down yes. to disastrous effect, which also has disastrous effects for Simon. Simon now, because who outs him in that Facebook Creek group? Secrets. Yeah. He puts up a blog post with all of the screenshotted emails and basically outs Simon to the entire school or and and whoever else reads the blog post like simon's sister even even knows and i you don't do that to anybody no i was furious for him i all of his friends start messaging simon asking if he is okay if he wants to talk that they love him he is just freaking out and doesn't know what to do so he just kind of throws his phone to the side doesn't want to deal with it it's christmas break so he just kind of basically hangs at home doesn't really leave um his house a lot at all uh it we do know that blue has gone away someplace where um he barely has service um so he's he doesn't know that who who simon is now that that's outed he will in fact when he comes back into service know that it is simon who is Jacques, and he's just kind of freaking out Christmas morning, uh, Simon says to his family that he wants to talk about something, and um, his dad, Joe. You got somebody pregnant. <laughs> no, you're pregnant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah, I'm pregnant. I knew it. I mean, he's got that glow about him, babe. No, uh, I'm gay. Honey. And I don't want you guys to think anything different. I'm still me. Of course um, you are. Yeah. His family still, uh, sorry, his dad still makes jokes and his mom is totally good with it. But I think his dad is just unsure at this point. Not that he doesn't support him, but you're just really not sure what he's thinking. After Christmas break, Simon is driving by and sees his friends on the way to school. He stops and goes to talk to them. And it turns out over Christmas break, Abby and Nick got together. They started hanging out and they talked 
about why it took so long. Now his friends are all mad at him and Leah was in love with Simon the whole time and not Nick, which we kind of knew. We did know, yeah. Yeah, but now none of them want to talk to him. Even though at this point, this is when he needs his friends the most and I I wish, I get it, I totally get it, but this is a life-changing moment for somebody and I just really wish that they would have been there to support him a little bit more and kind of got over the fact that, oh, you're a little bit butthurt because, you know, whatever. I get it. It's crappy. But why he did it should be the reason, you know, you overlook those things. A hundred percent completely agree. I, I was sad for because yeah. he like this huge thing gets outed on him and he's just left alone. Yeah. In the and that sucks. Yeah. And I mean, luckily in this in this story, his family is supportive of him because, you know, what if his family wasn't supportive of him and what if, you know, he had gone to his friends for support and they're all mad at him and and this this is what my what should have been is for this movie is that I just wish that his friends in this moment in time would have been more supportive of him. At lunch that day at at, uh, at school, he sits alone and the two guys who make fun of Ethan all the time and who bully Ethan all the time come in dressed as Ethan and Simon and they start pretending to, you know, hit each other's like asses on the table. And then Miss Albright, one of the teachers, comes in and reams them out and brings them to the vice principal's office. Simon and Ethan go to the vice principal's office and he makes the two guys apologize. But before that, Ethan and Simon actually have a little heart to heart. Ethan kind of says, you know, you could have told me you could have, you know, um, come out to me and, you know, we could have, you know, walked through it together. And if you needed me and whatever, and they do have a little heart to heart. And I do think that that was really sweet. Martin. Uh, tries to apologize to Simon later on that day. Simon yells at him, saying, like, I didn't think it was going to be a big thing. I don't care if you didn't think that my coming out was going to be a big thing, Martin. Look, you don't get to decide that. I'm supposed to be the one that decides when and where and how and who knows and how I get to say it. That's supposed to be my thing. And you took that away from me. I think Martin didn't understand and realize what he was doing because he was he's a very selfish person. Um... And yeah, I just, I'm, I'm still furious at him, you know? Um, so Blue emails him saying, uh, Blue emails Simon saying that he can't do this anymore. And then he deletes his email permanently. He knows that it's Simon now and he just can't come out yet. And he doesn't want anyone else at school to know. When Simon gets home from school, he sits down and talks to his mom. This is my other weep warning. Really? Okay. Yes. Um, I'll say this is my best scene. Um, he asks her if she knew and... She says no, but she knew that he had a secret. And I thought this was a really touching moment. And there's a there's a quick fact that I have about this particular scene um, that it wasn't originally in the script. So I'm glad that they rewrote this part, um, you know, to show the support that the parents had. Um, but also just it was a really sweet moment between Simon and his mom. My if we can jump ahead a little bit, mm-hmm. my weep warning was when Simon and his dad Oh, yes. Simon gets home from school and his dad's just out there in the driveway working on something. He kind of calls him over and he just, anytime dads cry, now that I'm a dad, if a dad cries about their kid, I feel like I'm always going to cry. It could be about (laughs) anything. It could be the, who cares about the content matter? If a dad's crying for their kid, I'm going to weep too. And uh, yeah, Josh Duhamel, like it's just, and I think it's why this film is so important because like, you know, his dad is from a different era where like, you know, those jokes 
were not inappropriate. And he just like felt so bad. And he's like, I- I'm just so proud of you. And I never mm-hmm. eating dinner together four years ago in movies together. I'm sorry. I shouldn't no. have missed it. Hey, no, Ted. No, all those stupid jokes. I know you didn't mean them. I just want you to know that I love you. I wouldn't change anything about you. Yeah, stop crying. I'm trying. I'm trying. It was very sweet. He does make up with Leah, um, and Simon says, you know, what he did was, yeah, messed up, and he did it because he fell in love with Blue. So now we know that he's in love with Blue, but Blue has kind of disappeared on him. So Simon writes on Creek Secrets, and it's so good. This was, like, going to be my best scene, too. I just thought the way he eloquently wrote this blog post for for ev- everyone who reads Creek Secrets and um, tells Blue that after the play at 10 o'clock, he knows where, where to meet him. He's going to be at the Ferris wheel. And if you want to be there, I will be there waiting for you. After the play, Simon makes up with Abby and Nick as well. Simon gets on the Ferris wheel to wait for Blue to get there, but he never shows. Then last minute, Martin comes running up and says, it's me. I love you. And Simon's like, dude, it's not you. Like you outed me. Like you're trying to like, you know. Yeah. Get back Martin's in my good books, but you're not going to. Then last minute, Bram gets on. Wait, wait. Can I sit there? I was kind of waiting for somebody. Yeah, I know. It's you. It's me. And he sits down. It's it was Bram all along. And they do share a kiss at the yes. top of the Ferris wheel. And, yeah. and And then we do get kind of a flash forward of... You know, the five of them going to school together, like yep. Simon's. Simon four, picks four up an friends. extra guy, extra person. Yeah. And it's it's a really beautiful ending to this this really thoughtful film. Quick facts. This movie is based on the novel Simon versus the Homo Sapiens Agenda by Becky Albertalli. This is the first film produced by a major Hollywood studio to feature a gay teenager protagonist. Jennifer Gardner's exhale speech wasn't originally in the script. There was just a few parent scenes. When Jennifer became interested in the role of Emily, she asked the director for a scene that has her actually connect with Simon. So they built it again and wrote what would become essentially the message of the film. Just as the film went into production, Nick Robinson's younger brother came out as gay. The production code for the film was blue, which is the pseudonym of the person Simon emails. Director Greg Berlanti revealed in an interview that there were clips of the friend group, Simon, Leah, Abby, Nick, that were filmed without the actor's knowledge. In order to capture the authenticity of a group of friends beyond the confines of acting, the director would sometimes tell the actors to cut, but have the cameras keep rolling. Many of these unscripted interactions of friends just being friends, including the dancing in the car scene, made the final cut. Love it. I love when movies do that. In Simon's bedroom, there is an Elliot Smith poster, which is a nod to Simon's favorite musician from the book, which he shares with Blue and later connects him with Blue. The words hour to hour, note to note can be seen written on Simon's wall, which is a nod to the email hour to hour dot note to note at gmail.com. Simon used in the book to talk to Blue. It was changed for the film to from my window one at gmail.com. 
In Simon's bedroom, there is a copy of Becky Albertalli's, the author of Simon vs. the Homo Sapiens Agenda, second novel, The Upside of Unrequited, on his bookshelf. The Upside of Unrequited also takes place in the Simonverse and revolves around Abby's cousins. On the DVD commentary, Greg Berlanti, Isaac Aptaker, and Isaac Klossner discuss the fact that it was surprisingly difficult to settle on the musical that Simon and some of his friends are rehearsing during much of the movie. In the source novel, the musical was Oliver, but the producers couldn't get the rights to that. For a while, their solution was to have the screenwriters work on an original musical adaptation of the classic teen romance movie, Say Anything, from 1989. That is, a, so so they were writing an original musical for Say Anything. <laughs> yeah, which is pretty cool. Which, now that you've said it out loud, I want that to be real. Think about, like... A musical version of John Cusack outside the bedroom. The boombox. In your eyes. Like, it writes itself, guys. (laughs) So some of that musical was actually written before they decided uh, to instead go with Cabaret, which the rights holders said was allowed as long as they didn't um, show certain revival versions of it. Colton Haynes appeared in a deleted scene as man who approaches Simon at gay bar, mistaking him for someone else he knows and ends up asking Simon to dance. The scene is included in the film's home video release. Haynes receive, receives a thank you in the end credits. Singer Sean Mendez was invited to audition for the role of Simon, but was allegedly unable to do so as he didn't have enough time. Okay. Um, Nick Robinson looks so much like Sean Mendez. <laughs> I've I, I have that in my notes. I'm like, really? why does he look so much like Sean Mendez? Oh my god, that's seriously, so funny. yeah. <laughs> Actors Kristen Bell, Neil Patrick Harris, Matt Bomer, uh, Jesse Tyler, uh, a few others um, were so moved by this movie they bought out theaters in their hometown so the film would reach as many people as possible. Jennifer Garner and Greg Berlanti were so proud of being a part of this that they also did the same thing. Simon's Jacques email address is a valid email address that replies with, why are you emailing me when you could be eating Oreos? Love Jacques. (laughs) In the international trailer voiceover, Blue refers to Simon as Simon, not Jacques. On Simon's bedroom door, there is a poster for the 2007 Of Montreal album, Hissing Fauna, Are You the Destroyer? An album about a transgender rock star. The band is known for its flamboyant stage persona and frontman Kevin Barnes has always been misconstrued as bisexual, uh, but the band advocates for LGBTQ plus rights. Temple Hill Entertainment, who produced the movie, is also uh, known for adapting other young adult novels such as The Fault in Our Stars from 2014 and The Maze Runner from also for 2014. Simon's dad, Jack, says in the film that The Bachelor is gay. The season of The Bachelor filmed in 2018 when the movie takes place featured Colton Underwood, who eventually came out as gay. It was confirmed by Becky Albertalli, um, who's the author of the book, that Alice Spire, uh, Simon's older sister, is not present in the film. It was also confirmed by the author that Simon only wears glasses in flashbacks compared to the book where he's always wearing glasses. Simon's coming out dream sequence is to Whitney Houston's I Want to Dance with Somebody. In the closing scene to the movie, when Simon and his friends drive off through the neighborhood, they drive by the house that was used in Life as We Know It from 2010, which stars Josh Duhamel, uh, who plays Simon's dad in this one. Also, that one is directed by Greg Berlanti as it well. It is, yes. Director Greg Berlanti previously worked with um, Kyan Lonsdale um, on The Flash in 2014. He plays Bram in this movie. <laughs> he was really good in The Flash, too. Though <laughs> you know what I I have this for my quick facts. I know we talked about it when we did Life as We Know It, but Greg Berlanti is a special person for Sarah. 
he is responsible for <laughs> the worst, in my opinion, the worst run of television that Sarah loves. Yes. He is responsible for every single CW superhero, superhero thing. He yes. did the arrow. I'm assuming he's a developer on the arrow. Mm-hmm. The tomorrow people. I don't even yep. know what that is. Yep. Uh, the flash, of course, naturally mm-hmm. Supergirl. Yep. Legends of tomorrow. Oh, Legends of tomorrow. Yep. Titans, mm-hmm. doom patrol, mm-hmm. Superman and Lois. Oh, that one. Yeah. It got, just got renewed. He, <laughs> my God, Sarah. <laughs> He's involved in all of it. Is that all of them? I think I feel like that's all of them. I know nothing about them. There might be them. another one. I can't quite remember, but yeah. Mm. Anyway, there you go. Great stuff, Greg. Thank you for all that. Though the name of the high school that the main characters attend, Creekwood High, comes from the source novel, it is also reminiscent of the director Greg Berlanti's first job on television as a writer for the teen drama Dawson's Creek. Like this movie, the show also broke ground in its depiction of gay teen romance. Originally, Blake Neely, the general composer for director Greg Berlanti's TV shows, was attached to score this film. Sorry, he's also in Batwoman. Oh, Just okay. an executive producer, though, in mm, Batwoman. I didn't like that one. Uh, Katie Keene, whatever that is. Oh, yeah, that was like a one one season, and then it was gone. Stargirl? It was with Lucy. Uh, Stargirl, oh, I don't think that one lasted either. Yeah, no, I feel like it didn't. All-American Homecoming. Maybe that's not. Oh, th- these are just. Oh, Gotham Knights, Gotham Knights. Okay. I feel like that's new, right? Gotham Knights. I'm not sure, but I still have more. <laughs> oh, okay, keep going. <laughs> Thank you. The college that Simon dreams about coming out at is Liberal University. This movie premiered at the Mardi Gras Film Festival on February 27th, 2018. This was the second project where director Greg Berlanti and Josh Duhamel worked together. The previous, uh, he, they previously worked on Life as We Know It in 2010 together. In the movie, Simon has a recurring dream about Daniel Radcliffe, who stars as Harry Potter in the Harry Potter franchise. On his wall, Simon has a Hufflepuff crest. He, he, he I, would be a Hufflepuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm also Hufflepuff. <laughs> <laughs> Nick Robinson was in Jurassic World tw- in 2015, in which the leader of the Velociraptor's name was Blue. Are you sure you're a Scorpio, Sarah? Doesn't that just automatically peg you as a Slytherin? No, it doesn't. <laughs> get through these yeah, yeah, go ahead go ahead one of the stickers on simon's bedroom wall is a picture of a banana this is the cover art to the first the velvet underground album created by andy warhol who was also that the band's manager and producer when that album came out in 1967 warhol was gay making this an appropriate sticker for simon's room Kanan lonsdale who played bram was inspired to publicly come out uh through his involvement in this film at one point in this film, Martin makes a joke to Abby that you would call a black and a Jewish person bluish or bluish. Um, this is essentially revealed to be Blue's identity in the end. He is indeed black and Jewish. Oh, I never caught that. <laughs> Me neither, actually. There are several little moments throughout this film which hint that Simon's best friend Leah may have some undisclosed feelings for Abby. This is further explored in Leah on the Offbeat, the sequel to the original book, although it isn't known if that story will be adapted into a movie. The last cast member to be announced was Blue. Book fans spent months waiting to discover the actor who would be playing Simon's email buddy. Throughout the whole of filming, no pictures were released of the actor. In the original book... Bram reveals the inspiration for his username, Blue Green 118 comes from his full name, Abraham Lewis Greenfeld, and his birthday, January 18th. Honorable mentions. 
I want to honorably mention the principal, played by Tony Hale. I like how you said that. He was so good in Arrested Development. Okay, that's what I want to talk about, Sarah. Because at first blush, I thought, man, I love Tony Hale. I want to see him in more stuff. Right. Take a deep dive onto this guy's IMDb, and Tony Hale is so freaking busy. Really? It's just, he does a lot of voice acting. Oh, interesting. And you get it because he does have yes, a very I, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's, noticeable he's voice. A very good voice for voice acting, actually. Totally. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Arrested Development as Buster. God, Probably so one of my good. favorite characters. When he loses his arm. Oh I my God. I from a From a seal yes, that got loose. Oh seal. man. Uh, he was also in our other <gasps> favorite show, Veep, as yes, Gary Walsh. He He's just, man, I feel like there are also very few actors who, <laughs> like there are certain like archetypes of actors who it's like, oh, you can't get James Marsden. There's another guy who kind of fits a James Marsden vibe. Tony Hale, I feel like, is just Tony Hale. He sells. He's the only one. Yeah, he sells whatever he's saying so well. <laughs> like, yeah. Totally. It's almost like you just go along with it because it's just so absurd. Like the scene where where after Simon and Ethan are like completely humiliated in the lunchroom and he yells at the two boys who do it and then makes um, Ethan and Simon come in to be apologized to and then says, you know, whatever, because you guys are boyfriends. And it's like, no, we're not boyfriends. Just because we're gay doesn't mean we're yeah, together. Seriously. Like that, that's not how it works. <laughs> and okay, well, whatever, whatever. It's like, whatever you guys call it, you know, <laughs> yeah, like you just go yeah. along with it because you're like, this is ridiculous. Totally. But you know like, what, I'm, what I mean? How like, okay. Like for example, like Kevin Costner, you can't get him for your movie. Then just get Dennis Quaid. Or get Michael Key. Like, there are guys who are like, okay, you're that guy. Yeah. And there's like three or four of those Liam guys. Neeson. Totally, yeah. <laughs> but like, Tony Hale, I'm racking my brain. I'm like, I don't know anybody quite like Tony Hale. Well, I mean, you, could get, you could get Job. Community. What's that? You could get Job. Job. Oh, yeah. Will Arnett. <laughs> Will yeah, Arnett. sure. <laughs> I feel like they could play, like, I feel like Will could pull off some, something ah, similar. Not the same something. as Tony Hale, though. Not like, yeah, not... You'd be a little bit more pompous and a little bit more like... That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Although they are funny. And you know what? Speaking of Will Arnett, just because we're completely going off um, talking about this. Off the rails, yeah. But like Jason Bateman, um, their podcast is hilarious. Are you advertising somebody else's podcast in our podcast? I really shouldn't, but... Wow. I'm not... How dare you? I just seen clips of them talking on tiktok hold on so do you actually ever listen to their <laughs> no. podcast no okay that's it's great just tiktok that's a glowing recommendation okay well we're gonna we're gonna take this out <laughs> oh no we're leaving it in <laughs> of course because that's the opposite of a recommendation i don't actually want to listen to their podcast well, no. i just see clips on tiktok it's, you can find clips of us on tiktok too, yes you can that out there yeah that's how you know i no, i don't know that's not how i find that <laughs> find them but anyway they are really funny okay i digress what should have been? You already mentioned yours. Uh, my what should have been, and this is this is just Devin speaking from a place of emotional anger. Something horrible should have happened to Martin. Oh. I don't want us to like. Clearly, he's a minor, so I don't want to say dies by getting hit by a bus. But I kind of want to say that maybe he gets hit by a bus. Kind of like a Regina George situation. Exactly. Right? Just like something horrible should have happened to Martin. <laughs> 
I just because like Simon does give him a piece of his mind and tells him why he's so horrible. Yeah. But I just wanted more. I wanted something even worse to happen to Martin. That's just (laughs) like I said, it's all emotion. It's yeah. Overall rewatchability. So I've got chemistry a 3.75 for Simon and as well, like, you know, the entire cast. There was some good chemistry between those friends. Uh, Storyline of 4.6. Thirst Factor a 3.65. Imagination of 4.2. I think it would have gotten more if it was in a completely original story. It's obviously based on that novel. So a couple points off for that, but still... Uh, that that's also I think why the storyline's so high because it was so real, well written so it's kind of hand in hand. Uh, soundtrack four point one. I don't know any of the lyrics aside from Oogum Boogum. Uh, and a cheese, Sarah. I'm giving it a four point seven because there were cheesy moments, but they were good and they added to the story and I liked them. Okay. It's an overall score of four point one six out of five for Devin. Okay, my rewatchability is as follows. Chemistry, 4. Storyline, 4.5. Thirst Factor, 3.9. Imagination, 4.2. Soundtrack, 4.2. Cheese, 4.4. For an overall score of 4.2 out of 5. Oh, perfect. I've got a 4.16. You got a 4.2. We're right right in the mix there. This is a great film, honestly. It is great. I loved it. Loved it. Loved it. And this has been your rom-com rewind of Love, Simon. Wherever you're listening, please throw us a follow. They you know, help us remind you of new episodes. And as also as well, um, follow us on Instagram at rom-com rewind. Thanks for listening.